This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. Welcome on into Fantasy Intervention, all you addicts out there. Get excited for another episode where we're going to be covering a lot of fun things today. But first, I do have Devin in here with me. What's going on, Devin? Not much, my man. We're about to do some recording, drinking a cold Coors Light. Not a sponsor. Not Not a sponsor, but can be. At me, bro. At me, bro. At me. So today we're going to be covering a few different things. But first, I want to talk about how deceiving matchups can be. You know there's a little ranking over on the right-hand side? Like the one that's like green that tells you that it's a good matchup? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or red because it's a bad matchup? Yeah, let me pull one up. Tell me about this real quick. Well, let's go ahead and start out with the New England Patriots. Great one. Because they're ranked first up against the quarterback. And the funny thing is with that is, hell, you think that that's a bad matchup. And, and of course, with it being the Redskins this week, it's a pretty shitty matchup. So I'm not saying play the Redskins by any stretch of the imagination. But they're probably going to be first again after this week is finished. So we look at the quarterbacks that they played against, and you see Big Ben Roethlisberger the first week. Thing was, he played like shit that week. It could have been the defense, but it could have been Big Big Ben. Second week, they ended up playing the Jets, and the Jets was Sam Darnold, who had mono. Then you had the Dolphins, and then you had the Bills. And keep in mind, with Josh Allen... It wasn't Josh Allen in the whole entire game. It was his backup in as well, Matt Barkley. So that's just an example of one and the player matchups that they go through. So I'm going to go through a couple others. Like San Francisco is first up against the running back position. You wonder who they played running back-wise? Enlighten me. <laughs> they got the Bucks. They played the Bengals. And then they played the Steelers. And then they had a bye week. So, of course, you're taking one matchup completely out of it. And then a Bucks team that was still trying to figure it out. Right, a Bucks team that hadn't figured out what they got going on. They had two backs that didn't know who they were going to play. Yep, and then you have a Bengals team with a terrible offensive line. Joe Mixon, who hasn't been able to move the needle for you. Joe Mixon. And then the Steelers, which still have not figured it out. Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. The whole entire offense was messed up. James Conner was not moving. And then, like I said, you had a bye week. But that's the top-ranked overall run defense. So... We go over to wide receivers, and you have Green Bay, who's ranked first against wide receivers. And they play the Bears, the Vikings, who have not passed their, to their wide receivers at all this year, or barely. The Broncos, and then Carson Wentz did all right against them, with Alshon Jeffrey, of course. I mean, none of these wide receivers are anybody special outside of maybe Adam Thielen. You go to the tight end position, and the first-ranked team is the Jets. And they've only played the Bills, the Browns, and the Patriots. Are any of those teams significant? Hell no. I mean, Dawson Knox is a rookie for the Bills, but he didn't have a great week one. Yeah, I mean, with the Browns, like, they had Njoku, and he was playing that game, but they still hadn't figured out their system yet. Yeah. I mean, that was just a brutal game to watch. And then you have the Patriots, who Izzo 
is their tight end. If you can tell me the first name of Izzo, I'd be pretty impressed if you're not a Patriots fan or a division rival. Is it Ryan? I have no idea. Oh. Is it Ryan? I don't know. I'll look it up. <laughs> Isaac Tom, the... The basketball coach from That was State. the first name that came to my mind. But <laughs> anyways, guys, it's tough to sit there and say that matchups really matter unless you look into the matchups. Like, for example, when I was preparing it's my Ryan. stacks. It is Ryan Izzo. Is it? It is. <laughs> when I picked my stacks to trash, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, this looks like a good one. I wrote it down. And then I did a little bit of my research. And it turns out that, you know, Dak Prescott, who's up against Green Bay, and Green Bay is the second overall ranked defense up against quarterbacks. Haven't faced a real quarterback yet. They haven't faced a real quarterback yet. They've faced Mitchell Trubisky, Kirk Cousins, Joe Flacco, and Carson Wentz. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll say Carson Wentz could be one. But the other three matchups were trash. When you look at Amari Cooper up against Green Bay, they're ranked first up against wide receivers. And you have Allen Robinson from the Bears, maybe. Okay, whatever. The Vikings don't throw the ball enough, even though Adam Thielen is relevant. They still don't throw the ball enough to, you know, be considered a strong wide receiver threat. Yep. And you have the Broncos with Emmanuel Sanders, who they took that guy away, and they didn't know who else to go to. Maybe Corlin Sutton had yeah, a mean, decent game. but Sutton had some, like, garbage time stats kind of deal. But. And then you had Alshon Jeffrey. So, unless Michael Gallup is in, then I can consider that stack to be a stack that I might want to trash. But if Michael Gallup is in... That's going to take a lot of pressure off Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper could go off. So I wouldn't want to trash those guys. There's always that potential because they just haven't played anybody of that caliber when it comes to a quarterback and a wide receiver. So keep an eye on who you guys are playing when it comes to your matchups. Just take a look back and just see who they've played before you consider just, you know, a little green symbol with a number on it saying, you know, 30th ranked. Or a little red symbol saying, like, you know, second ranked. Look into it just briefly and just see who they play. That's it. With that being said, guys, we're going to go ahead and get started with our episode today. And our episode is going to consist of popping tags, popping tags, the champ is here, and stacks on stacks on stacks. So we're going to go ahead and have some fun with this, guys. Here we go with popping tags. All right, so here we go. We're going to start up with popping tags, guys. We're going to talk about guys that you want to pick up off of free agency because they made it through the waiver wires. These are going to be guys that could be valuable, maybe not this week, but the upcoming weeks. Hell, they could be valuable this week as well. It just depends on what you're looking for because these guys snuck past everybody else in your league. And I'm going to go and start this one out, and I'm going to go with Auden Tate. Auden Tate is the wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. And two weeks ago, he ended up, when I told you guys to pick him up and play him, that two weeks ago, he went 8 for 10 for 88 yards, and he ended up playing 88% of the snaps. That's extremely strong. And then I told you this past week, that's not somebody that I'd play. He said he had an all right game. But the biggest thing is he played 90% of snaps. And then John Ross is now out for potentially multiple weeks with a shoulder injury. Is that correct, Evan? Yes, sir. Shoulder injury. And we don't know when we're going to see him back. So Alden Tate is now stepping into a primary role, which he was already playing prior to this, but he's going to remain a top target for Andy Dalton, which whoopity-doo, who would care about that? However, 
This guy is something like 6'4", 6'6", who knows, he's a massive man. Massive guy. I've literally compared him to the poor man's Mike Williams, but he's a little bit bigger than Mike Williams is when it comes to girth. <laughs> he's hey, a little hey. girthier. So the thing with this, with Auden Tate, they're playing the Cardinals. And the Cardinals don't have their top two guys like I've talked about almost every single episode. But they've given up significant amount of yards to the tight end. Who's built like a tight end? Auden Tate. Auden <laughs> he looks like a damn tight end on the oh field. Oh my god. So he is my number one popping tags, pick up off the free agency wire so far, and you can play him this upcoming week against the Cardinals. I like that. It's a good pick. I like that. Go bring it back. I had him in a couple of my DFS lineups for yesterday. I was really hoping that Andy Dalton could hit the broadside of a barn. That would have been nice. But no. Only Randy Bullock got on the scoreboard yesterday. That was stupid. I was so pissed. Stupid fucking Monday night football games. All right. I'm about to blow the fucking tires off. I'm just blow the roof off this place. My quarterback is Chase Daniel. Holy shit. You fucking heard me right, everybody. The second coming. The best backup quarterback <laughs> in the league this year. He probably Chase is, Chase Daniel. He probably is. This man's been around the league, been behind. Ryan Tannenhill. Ryan Tannenhill might have him beat. Okay, that's, that's, that's probably more fair just because he's a former starter in this league. But Chase Daniel has played behind some of the best quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, yes. Really solid track record. Comes in. I knew as soon as Trubisky went down, I was like, we're fucked. This is not good. And it was on a platter. They're like, Vikings, Akeem Hicks isn't playing. Roquan Smith isn't playing. You're like, this is fucking awesome. And you're like, oh, we just got to beat Mitchell Trubisky? That's it? Oh, shit, Chase Daniels in? And then he fucking dies to He's a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky is. Definitely. And he just runs the offense so much more efficiently. It was just weird. Like, 10, 10 to nothing at halftime has never felt so insurmountable <laughs> ever. I don't think I've ever heard that. How about 16? Adam Thielen's comments? Jesus. Oh, my God. Please, Adam, get your wife in there to play quarterback. Please. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be better than Kirk. Shit, even your son, like your one-year-old son would be better. Golly. But I'm serious. If Trubisky is a no-go this week, I'm picking up Chase Daniel, and he has the Oakland Raiders coming up next. Everyone is dicing up the Raiders, except for the Colts. Well, I mean, they put a lot, a lot of points on the Colts. Yeah, he put, up three, he put up three touchdowns. They put up a lot of touchdowns. Even if they're not winning the game, per se, they're still putting up a lot of yardage on that defense. And now without Vontez Perfect in the middle, for the rest of the season, by the way, that was crazy. Yeah, but I good. Good. If you listen to my it. episode yesterday, I went off on it. I, I went completely off. agree with the fact that they kicked him out for the rest of the season. Like I said, this is too many times. It's it's a pattern. It's a he's a, just not a good dude, and I'm glad he's gone. But yeah, Chase Daniel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, a little tangents there. Uh, did you know they're playing in London this week as well? That's I saw that. Yep, they're playing in London, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think that it's going to be a lot more offense oriented than what we were expecting it to be but you know we'll see we'll see my next uh pop and tags is going to be philip dorsett and here's the deal i told you guys to pick up philip dorsett last week or we, i did i'm yeah. sorry devin told you guys to pick up philip dorsett last week before before this week so if people did pick him up expect him to have a big game this past week that didn't happen but that's not what we were focusing on happening he only had two receptions for 10 yards and he's 36.9% owned. But he could end up getting dropped in a lot, a lot, a lot of leagues because he only put up 10 yards this past week. If he gets dropped for another waiver wire pickup because people are impatient, pick him up immediately. 
immediately. That should be your first priority. You wake up in the morning, you check the, the transactions from the waiver wire, and you see Philip Dorsett, you pick him up. He is playing the Washington Redskins, who cannot stop a fucking wide receiver. Any of them. You pick up Philip True. Dorsett, and you play Philip Dorsett. I don't care who's in there. Philip Dorsett is going to be a top 12 wide receiver this week. I like that. You play him. I might be a, it might be a hot take. It might be a fucking hot take, but you play Philip Dorsett, and you get a hard-on while you're doing it. If you missed our previous episode with Poppin' Tags, again, I did mention the pickup of Philip Dorsett when he was 5.2% owned. He's now somewhere in the 36% owned, and he said a lot of people might be dropping him after a poor week, but we did say that I wouldn't play him against the Bills, but the next few weeks... Pretty advantageous for the Patriots. Oh, he gets to play what the Giants and who else? Let's let's pull that up. Put it put in the little waiting music for one second. Let's see. Oh wait, that's wrong. They music. have at the at the Redskins versus the Giants at the Jets versus the Browns. Yeah, that's just gonna be nasty. Yeah, at least three straight weeks where he's gonna have probably. 10 targets, 7 catches, at least averaging like 75 receiving yards there. I changed what I'm going to say. He's going to be wide receiver 1 for the next 3 weeks. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like 90, <laughs> I'm not even going to ballpark top 12. He's going to be the number 1 receiver. He's going to unseat Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all those fucking guys. Hey, that, hey that's blasphemy, actually. That's, <laughs> that's blasphemy. Yeah, you watch your mouth. <laughs> top 12 wide receiver for the next 3 weeks Chris straight. Chris Godwin, it's blasphemy against Godwin. Right. What's up? Take the low-hanging fruit. I'm doing it. The new dynamic duo of the league, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Congrats, guys. Godwin. Bruce Arians, you are a mad genius. You finally unlocked that offense, and I am terrified. It's, it's going to be scary, but I'm excited. Ooh. Because, I mean, I called it. Like, if, if there's anything that I should be that excited about, it's the fact that I call this shit. Yeah. We, we have high percentage calls on shit here. So we do, we do. Just, just check it out. Listen, up. Anyway, we're human. We make mistakes. We say things that are wrong sometimes. But higher percentage, we are right. All right, so you are up. My running back, J.D. McKissick. A lot of people are like, he plays football still. Yes. Yeah, he does. He had a 44-yard run two weeks ago. Yes. This man's catching out of the backfield. He's running. He is a fantastic satellite back to have along with Carrion Johnson. Carrion Johnson, he's just pounding beef up the middle, man. And then Kit McKissick is just all over, zigzagging around. It's beautiful. He pulled a Forrest Gump. He shook yeah. off the leg braces yeah. that he's had for the past three or four years. <laughs> he just went for it, man. He's killing it right now. I'd pick him up. We have... Green Bay, Minnesota, and the Giants are his next three matchup. That Green Bay one's a little tough, but the way Minnesota's been defending the run currently, not great. Could be a little advantageous on the edge. And then the Giants. And don't forget, Carrion Johnson does have a slight injury history as well. So yep. that's so, going to be the back end. Because there was a lot of talk about Ty Johnson after C.J. Anderson was dropped, that Ty Johnson was going to be elevated to that secondary RB2 role, and then he would kind of see those, those snaps. But McKissick is really, really shown out, and I like him. So for me, what I see with that happening is, I if I'm the carry on Johnson owner, then I would pick him up. Yeah, but gotta, if I'm not, I, I probably wouldn't touch him to be honest with you. If if I wasn't, just because he has the bye week this week, so you're gonna be sitting on him for a while, and then he does have some tough matchups, and then even then you have to rely on a big play. So he's kind of tough to call when he plays. But if you're the carry on Johnson owner, you're picking him up 
just because of the injury history with Carrion Johnson. You're cuffing him. Because now Carrion Johnson, the past two weeks, has gotten an average of 25 carries per game. That's right, 25 carries per game. Can he withstand that workload of getting 25 carries per game? There's nobody else there except for J.D. McKissick. Like, that's it. So if you're the Carrion Johnson owner and you have a running back that goes from getting 15 carries a game or 15 touches a game up to 25 touches a game, you need to go ahead and pick up his handcuff. Yeah, I mean, at this point, if the Lions are for real, they're going to want to take a little bit of that off of Carrion's plate and share it a little bit with J.D. Once J.D. shows that he's, he's here and he's for real to help out Carrion, they can just supplement it a little bit. Kind of like, not to the extent of Gurley, where they're not giving him the ball as much, but you don't want to run Carrion into the ground before you make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Detroit, if you want to make it to the playoffs, do not kill Carrion Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really liked the Detroit Lions this year. So, with my next one... Um, I was going to think about going with Sanu because he has one more catch than Julio Jones so far this year, and they have Houston and then Arizona following that. So if Sanu's on your waiver wires, which he isn't in surprisingly more than what you'd expect, then you need to pick up Sanu for the next two weeks. Uh, Hines, if Marlon Mack is out because they play the Chiefs, and Hines had 63 catches last year, he's only 29% rostered, and then last week after Marlon Mack went out, he got 35 snaps compared to Wilkins' 16 snaps. So Hines is somebody you definitely want to look into. But the guy that I'm going with above those two guys is going to be Ryquel Armstead, who ended up getting 11.8 fantasy points per game. They were talking him up. They were saying that before the game, they weren't making it big public news, but they were saying, hey, we want to get this guy involved. Leonard Fournette is struggling. We need to have two running backs. That way the defense has to prepare for each one and not focus solely on Leonard Fournette. He ended up putting 11.8 points up last week. He could be taking some work off of the injury-prone Leonard Fournette. Very similar situation to the Lions with Carrion Johnson. Yep. However, this is just in Jacksonville where they run the ball just as much. But this is the upcoming matchup for Ryquel Armstead. You have Carolina, who has been winning solid so far. But then you have New Orleans, Cincinnati, Jets, and Houston. Mm. And all these teams have struggled at some point up against a passing down back. So that's somebody that I definitely would look into acquiring for sure, especially, especially if you have Leonard Fournette. My third and final pop and tags, tight end. It's hard to pick these tight ends this year. These tight ends are tough because we're going outside the top 12, and pretty much outside the top 12, it's kind of a crapshoot. But we still have to believe in some of these guys, and we've gotten most of them right outside of whoever I switched over to from Darren Waller back in week one or week two. Yeah. So, But looking at it, there's a rookie tight end that not a lot of people are talking about, but he's been pretty solid thus far, and he has a couple games coming up soon that are really going to help him break out and I think finally make a name for himself. He didn't play at Iowa. His name is Dawson Knox, plays for the Buffalo Bills. They play at Tennessee this week. They have a bye week, and then they play Miami and Philadelphia and the Redskins. Yeah, that sounds insanely, insanely easy schedule. It's a very advantageous schedule. Josh Allen coming back from the concussion protocol. If he does. Even if the, he doesn't play against the Titans, coming back, having that bye week right after that game, and then coming into the Dolphins, Eagles, Redskins, two very advantageous matchups. Josh Allen should be healthy by that point, and I feel like Dawson's going to have one of those games where it says he finally breaks out, and people are like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, that's Dawson Knox. That's a rookie tight end. Dawson Knox is 6'4", 254. Big target. Ole Miss guy. I love him. 
He's my pick up there. Very nice. That's if he's going to be available on the free agent wire. Obviously, he's had a couple big weeks, but after this past week and with... Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. He's only owned in 14% of Yahoo leagues, 4% of ESPN leagues, and he's rarely being picked up in FanDuel or DraftKings. That's awesome. So low percentage owned. Get him now before it's too late. Yeah, you just got to see how he reacts with Matt Barkley if Matt Barkley's in there. So if you pick him up, hold on to him, wait for that advantageous matchup like we talked about. That's going to wrap it up for us for Poppin' Tags. We're going to hop on to the next segment. Champions here. You guys ready for this? The champ is here. to the champ is here and we're going to go through one player at each position that we think is a lock a complete lock that rock that go-to guy who you know is going to produce he's going to be a starter at that position and you want to go ahead and start this one out i'll start Kevin. it off cool let's do it i got teddy bridgewater going up against the tampa bay buccaneers i love teddy teddy two gloves the big guy I miss him. Oh, Teddy, I miss you, buddy boy. Looking good out there. He's he's not throwing all the way to the end zone. He's he's got a, his playmakers are really doing a lot of the work, Kamara and whatnot. Yeah, so my my pick for quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has a couple more weeks here playing with the team before Breeze comes back. And I think they can go into a nice big shootout game like the Buccaneers just had with the Rams. I don't think the Saints win this game. But I think we're going to see a lot of offensive production out of this game. And he's going to rely heavily on Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. It's going to be it's going to be offensive showdown here. I don't think it's crazy as their Rams game from last week that you were salivating at while we were at Chicho's on 29th Street <laughs> doing our <laughs> live daily fantasy. Dude, I told you it was going to happen, oh man. My God. That, that... He was freaking out. He's like, oh. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. He's like, okay, uh, so I just need defensive score. Interception. Yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, that was like a minute left. Wait, who's that? Who's running? Who is that? It's like 93. McCoy, McCoy's not on the team. It's Sue and Dominican Sue. <laughs> and, and as he said on the other night's episode, probably the first time anyone's ever referred to Indomitian Sue as an angel. <laughs> he was the angel that was watching over my fantasy football pick decisions, man. Oh, my I'm telling God. You guys got to listen to the Monday night episode, at least the intro of it. I kind of relived the moment that was for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Los Angeles Rams in the last minute of play. It was, it was pretty insane. I, uh, I got really, really excited. He did. He gushed. He had a great day. All right, so for me, I don't think that Alvin Kamara is going to be a factor in this one. I think that they're going to struggle. In fact, for my trashes in the segment we do next, I almost picked Alvin Kamara along with New Orleans defense. I didn't, and I didn't because... Because of the fact that Tampa Bay allowed 11 targets to Todd Gurley, and if Alvin Kamara gets that same target look and ends up getting, let's just say, 10 receptions, that'll end up saving his fantasy day, which will ruin my prediction. But when it comes to Alvin Kamara being a top-end producer, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to pass if New Orleans keeps up. However, the one thing that concerns me is that New Orleans can't keep up with Teddy Bridgewater, which would be a big problem for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because... I think that Tampa Bay is going to spank that ass. I think they're going to tear it up. And I need James Winston to keep passing in this game. 
I need him to keep passing. I need him to throw four touchdowns to Mike Evans and four touchdowns to Chris Godwin and four touchdowns to O.J. Howard, and it will make me feel really good, especially if Jameis <laughs> Winston ends up with 12 touchdowns. So that's my prediction, my hot take. That's a hot take. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I think Jameis Winston ends up going off in this game. New Orleans is not good up against the pass. They've gotten burned multiple weeks now up against different receivers, deep balls, etc. I know they did well up against Dallas this past Monday night, but Dallas's play calling was just a little off when I rewatched the tape. They just weren't calling the, the right plays, in my opinion. Plus, I think Tyron Smith's tackle was out, if I'm not mistaken. I need to rewatch it one more time just to actually break it down. I didn't actually have a notepad and pen when I was watching it, so... I need to go back and rewatch that game one more time before I make my final judgment on it, but I still think that Jameis Winston tears up that ass and shows Teddy Bridgewater what a real quarterback looks like. Oh, shit. We're going head-to-head. Head. For our Champus here segment, we actually have a lot of these head-to-head head segments. We, we try to pick opposite ones, but I'm like, fuck it. This week, like, we're actually picking opposite people in very similar situations. Yeah, so, especially when you're rolling into all these bye weeks and things like that now. Yeah, we're going to have some that actually you know, cross over. So. That being said, moving on to running backs. I'm taking Melvin Gordon versus the Denver Broncos. They've been pretty trash up against the run. I know Eckler has a pretty firm grasp on that running back room right now but still melvin gordon he's a high high draft pick he's a superstar guy i think they're going to give him the shot to start as soon as he comes back i think they should keep eckler but with justin jackson being out i'm pretty sure for this game as well we'll keep that updated on our facebook page fantasy intervention on facebook but i think we're going to see a big game for melvin gordon against denver we should have a we should have a bet on just this episode segment because i'm going austin eckler I think that Austin Eckler earned the starting role. I still think that, that Melvin Gordon ends up beaten into it, but I think that they need to get him slowly adjusted to it, you know, work his way in. Obviously, their wide receivers are just falling off. Mike Williams hurt. Dontrell Inman hurt. I mean, I, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they have like Keenan three Allen? hurt. No, no, outside oh. of Keenan Allen, which oh. is weird because Keenan Allen's normally the hurt one. Yeah. But Hunter uh, Henry's out for the season. Yeah, Hunter Henry's out. That's what it yeah. was. So Eckler, I think, is going to go off this week. It's going to be a fun, fun matchup to watch, oh, unless yeah. you're an actually like fantasy owner of it. Right. Or a Broncos fan. Yeah, or a Broncos Adam. fan. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> hey, you haven't been here, man. we got to talk some shit. you got to come in and defend yourself. Defend your honor, Adam. Defend Stand your, your honor. ground, motherfucker. All right. So up to the wide receiver position. That was a quick one for running backs. We picked the same team, just different running backs. Yeah, that's why we left it in there. I thought it would be fun. Yeah. I actually have two written down for this week for wide receiver. My lock is A.J. Brown versus Buffalo. Yes, it is a tough defense, but A.J. Brown's a tough motherfucker, man. Big guy, also an Ole Miss guy. I watch a lot of SEC football at me. A.J. Brown, man, he's been killing it. He's a big dude, had a great week this past week, and I just think that he can have a big game against Buffalo. My long shot... My storyline, revenge game player that I'm just expecting. I just have a little inkling. The Randall Cobb revenge game against Green Bay. Just keep an eye out for it. It's not a lock or anything. Might be a slight hot take or whatever. But I think Cobb has a nice little week this week. If you have him, just throw him on a flex spot. Just do it. So I'm going to do the same sort of thing now. And obviously we already talked about how I thought Philip Dorsett was going to go off. But pretty much every wide receiver goes off against the Washington Redskins. So I'm going to take Julian Edelman. Just to have a guaranteed lock. He's not, <laughs> he's not in the top 12. I believe he's like 14 or 16th ranked, so I'm still safe there. Eckler will finish as a startable, startable wide receiver. 
and could end up racking up a ton of points. But my long shot is going to be Diggs up against the Giants, and Diggs keep his streak of two now, 100-yard game receptions in a row. Stephon Diggs up against a very weak Giants secondary ends up going off. For 100 yards, and that's it. I'm kind of scared with her for this game because we haven't won a road game yet this year. And uh, we're playing <laughs> against our, one of our former offensive coaches, and they're activating Golden Tate. Or they already have activated Golden Tate. Yeah, they had to cut. Scary. They had cut Benny yeah. Fowler and TJ Jones. Right? And TJ Jones. Got, both got released. They got the axe, bro. They got the axe. They got the axe. Or some random linebacker off the practice, practice squad. And, of course, Golden Tate. Well, yeah, they also, you know, a lot of the, the other wide receivers are finally healing up and getting yeah. over their injuries. They have a lot of depth, but it's there's kind of a lot of no funny it's how Daniel Jones comes back in, and now all the wide receivers are starting to feel a little better. Like, they're all kind of – they're they're healing. Like, you know, Where they're supposed guys, to be out for you, multiple Wolverine? weeks. Where do you Wolverine have a healing factor? No, I just don't think they liked Eli Manning. Maybe. Eli, Eli Manning is the messiah now. Final position for the Champ is Here segment. If James O'Shaughnessy for the Jacksonville Jaguars is available, I'm playing him. If not, Jeff Swain, you're up. Come on down to the Price is Right, playing against the, the Carolina Panthers. Panthers have been solid this year, but it's the legend. I'm, I love the legend, man. The man, the myth, the legend, Sir Jockstrap himself, <laughs> Garner Minshew. The second. He, the third, I thought. Is it the second he's or third? A, he's the second. Oh, okay. Yeah, John Ross is the third. I didn't know that yeah. until last night. You didn't know that? No. It's on his jersey. I don't watch Bengals football often. <laughs> it was just <laughs> on TV you. last night. So I watched that, and I regretted it. Except for Mason Rudolph played well, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah he did. Can, but, can we can we sidetrack real quick? Sidetrack it. Let's tangent. I think that Marvin Lewis could be one of the best coaches of all time. Huh? He took that Bengals team... That poor-ass Bengals team that you're watching out there to seven freaking playoff appearances, right? He didn't win a playoff appearance. But he took a team that belongs at the bottom of the league to seven playoff appearances. Well, they used to have a decent defense, and they had A.J. Green. So it was, like, decent for a little bit. Yeah, but you want to know the last time they made a playoff appearance prior to Marvin Lewis? Probably like the 80s or something. 1990. 1990. So if you take out Marvin Lewis, <laughs> if you take out Marvin Lewis and his playoff appearances, it's been 30 years since they made the playoffs. That's yeah. sad. You got to think most of those playoff appearances, they had Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did. No. Him, him and Marvin Lewis are pretty good buds. <laughs> right. It always comes back to the Vikings. <laughs> or the Gamecocks. All right, you're up. James O'Shaughnessy is a no-go versus Carolina. Jeff Swaim. Come on down, baby. You're finally going to get your first touchdown of the season. Now that O'Shaughnessy's just hanging out on the sideline, let the legend just toss it to you. It's crazy. I did not think that he had as many receptions as O'Shaughnessy. They both have 11 receptions. O'Shaughnessy's just had a little bit more real estate, and he gets most of the red zone touches. With him gone, Jeff Swain will assume that as the tight end, too. And I think he has a big week. And like I said, it, where it's kind of bottom of the barrel when you're, when you're picking tight ends. When you have the top 12, and the number 12 is freaking Tyler Eifert, who I wanted. And I think so did Chase. Yeah, I had, I had Tyler Eifert originally picked, but I guess it was standard, so that didn't count. So I had to go ahead and pivot, and I pivoted over to O.J. Howard, who I would have taken over Eifert anyways, even though I guess I should have him in my, in my glutton for punishment episode. Jesus. But, <laughs> tune in on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, tune in on Thursday. I could talk about O.J. Howard again. No, but they played uh, 
the New Orleans Saints have played up against the Texans and Rams, who obviously don't really have a receiving tight end. Uh, you could say Gerald Everett, but no. It's New Orleans up against the Seahawks, had Will Disley, and he ended up going six for seven for 62 yards and a, and a touchdown. And then up against the Dallas Cowboys, they had Jason Wynn go for 50 yards, but he led the team in receiving. So I could end up looking at that defense and say, hey, that could be the weakest part. And O.J. Howard could end up getting the receptions instead of maybe Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. So I'm taking a shot at this. There wasn't really many people to pick from. But, hey, he seems like a viable option to end up in the top 12. Like you said, man, bottom of the barrel for tight ends outside of the top 12. But, hey. Hell, outside of the top like six or seven. Oh, true that. I mean, Howard, man, he's just been a disappointment this year. Hopefully Arians can figure that out because he's still on a couple of my teams. Well, the thing is, is Arians is the quarterback whisperer, not the tight end whisperer. Ah. Uh, so. I thought he was an offensive genius. The he, whole offense. He is. He just skipped his tight end class. Like, he's like, oh, I didn't need to study for that. I'm going to end up ace in this test anyways. He ended up taking the offensive line course, you know, for dummies. Quarterback course, the wide receiver course, the running back course, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to hit on all this anyways. I just need to pass the class. I'm going to skip the tight ends. I think probably what happened was he went to TCC for a couple of years, and then whenever he transferred over what school he went to, they just dropped those credits for tight end courses, and he's like, fuck it, I'm not retaking it. <laughs> so then he forgot how to play, uh, how to so coach stupid. tight ends. <laughs> so stupid. This is the Tangent Tuesday episode. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> Yeah, We're moving on to stacks on, stacks on, stacks. Stacks on, stacks on, stacks. All right, we're moving on to stacks on, stacks on, stacks. So, all right, I'm going to take over for my first one. I'm going to go with Sonya Michelle and the Pats defense <laughs> up against the Washington Redskins. And I'm only picking the, the two stacks, which are both going to go off because last week, Sonny Michelle started to see a lot more work. Obviously, they had to transition a little bit, having the Bills, and the Bills expecting the Patriots to pass. But if Sonny Michelle ends up getting some of this work in, they could end up producing against a underachieving Washington Redskins defense. I wanted to go Chris Carson and the Seattle defense versus the Rams because Ziggy's back, Ziggy Ansah. But I just couldn't pull myself to do it after watching the Rams put up, what, 40 points against Tampa Bay? Right. So... I ended up skipping that one. And yeah, that's, uh, my first one's going to be Sonny Michelle and the Patriots. I like that. My first stack is going to be Joe Flacco with Cortland Sutton versus the Chargers. Now, this has been one of my favorite young wide receivers in the league this year. Last week, I trashed Flacco with Fant. But this week, I'm stacking Flacco with Sutton. It's just one of those things where you're like, okay, he's not playing well with his tight end, his rookie tight end. But... These young receivers, even Hamilton got on on the action this past week. Sutton has been more consistent, and I just like like that combination. But keep throwing to Sutton, man. Yeah, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Corlin Sutton is definitely showing that he is that number one wide receiver they drafted him for in the second round back a couple years ago. He's slowly coming into his own. So if you're in a dynasty league, I would definitely be looking into picking up Sutton. Drew Locke is not a lock to make that roster. And if Denver ends up losing and they end up tanking, could you imagine Tua with Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Royce Freeman, and Philip Lindsay? That's insane. That's such a young core. Yeah. Along with a couple, I believe, young guys like Bowles. Is Garrett Bowles on Garrett the Bowles offensive line? Garrett Bowles is like a second. He's like, this is like a second season. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, they have such a young core there in Denver on offense. 
This could end up turning around and be just a dirty, dirty, dirty team, especially if they end up spending all the money that they saved on offense with all these rookie contracts on an offensive line and defensive playmakers just like the Rams did, just like Seattle did, just like the Chiefs are trying to do right now. So my second stack on stack is going to be Garoppolo and Kittle versus Cleveland. This is a situation to where the Cleveland Browns defense has been really good, but they haven't played that many great offenses yet. And I could see Garoppolo working with his wide receivers, but don't forget, they still have Greedy Williams. They still have Denzel Ward on the outside. Cleveland Browns haven't really played any great tight ends so far. I mean, they had Delaney Walker in the first game, but then they ended up having the Jets, the Rams, and then when the Ravens came to town, Mark Andrews was hurt. And even Delaney Walker ended up having five catches for 55 yards and two touchdowns. So we know that it's possible to go off against the Cleveland Browns. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo... And George Kittle reestablished that fire that they had going. And Kittle finally finds his balls that he's been missing so far this season. And he puts together an A++++ performance. Going on to my second stack, I'm picking David Montgomery and the Bears defense versus Oakland. It really looks like they're pushing Montgomery to keep taking that number one role. They just need to keep pushing. Kyle Long is supposed to be coming back this week. TBD on that still. Just keep an eye on our Facebook page, Fantasy Intervention, for those updates. But still, regardless of him coming back or not, I'm really liking the progress of David Montgomery and the Bears defense. Well, you don't really got to talk about the Bears defense. They hurt my feelings this past week. I'm still not over it. But still, I got a job to do. Montgomery and the Bears D is my stack. I think that's definitely a solid stack, especially against Oakland. I mean, it could end up being an offensive-efficient game but I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game necessarily. Right. For my first trash stack, these are guys that we can't stand the stack of, and I talked about how I was going to go with Dak and Amari Cooper, but I want to see Green Bay defend against a great quarterback and a great, great wide receiver before I start believing Green Bay completely. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and trash Carlos Hyde and the Houston defense up against Atlanta, who ranks 14th up against the run. And you think 14th up against Ron, like he can still end up going off for that. But no, think about this. They played against the Vikings. They played against the Eagles, who have two decent running backs. They played against Colts with Marlon Mack. And last week, they played against Derrick Henry. And they still ranked 14th overall. Up against running backs are now 3rd in the league overall, 8th in the league overall, and 17th in the league overall. And Marlon Mack, who's 17th, ended up getting injured in the beginning of the game. I believe he was in the top 12 prior to this past week. And they still end up having the overall 14th ranked defense against the running back. That's impressive. My first trash stack is going to be Joe Mixon and the Bengals D. There, I finally said it. They're playing Arizona. About damn time, but man. St- I'm tired of Mixon. Okay, You're I was not holding out for punishment anymore? I was holding out hope for him. I drafted him early in one of my things just because he was one of those guys that was like, he was just... That was presumably the best offensive pick at that time. I needed to get one of the one of the top end running backs. Has not been that thus far. Finally licking my wounds and just getting rid of this guy. I'm just gonna trash Mixon and the Bengals D. They could not stop Mason Rudolph or anybody on the Steelers last night. I'm done with them. Goodbye. I would love to see Kyler Murray just tear apart the Cincinnati defense. Oh, he's putting up 400 passing yards. I'm excited. Gonna, I'm excited for that. It's gonna be crazy. All right, for my last stack, I'm going to go Daniel Jones and Sterling Shepard or Golden Tate, whichever one you want to take, 
up against the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, Minnesota is still one of the top-ranked defenses in the league Mm -hmm. up against not only the quarterback but also the wide receiver. For week one, they ended up holding Julio Jones for six receptions on 11 targets for 31 yards and only one touchdown. In garbage time. Yeah, in garbage time. Up against the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams completely shut out. Both guys were frustrated when that game finishing up. It was terrible. They started out hot, but they couldn't finish hot because the defense stepped it up. With the Raiders, they ended up holding Derek Carr for 242 yards with two touchdowns one interception. They ended up holding Tyrell Williams to three receptions for 29 yards and one touchdown. Yeah, the only person that did anything good that day was Darren Waller. Yeah, no, and he, he tore it up. Tore it up. Up against the... The Bears, I mean, Chase Daniel ended up operating a little better, but he only threw for 195 yards and one touchdown, and Allen Robinson only had seven receptions for 77 yards. So, once again, Daniel Jones, who is still a rookie, who's still learning this league, is going to get punished, absolutely punished, spanked like the child that he is up against the Minnesota Vikings. We just need to get to 3-2. and two. I'll feel a lot better. But my, my second and final trash deck, whoever they decide to roll out there to play for the Redskins, at the quarterback position, and Paul Richardson. It's just not happening. Both Keenum and Haskins, overthrowing if you're Keenum, underthrowing if you're Haskins, completely wide open wide receivers. Yes, Terry McLaurin did not play, but Trey Quinn in the slot, up the seam a bunch of times, at least two times that I can remember vividly wide open. Richardson, Haskins missed him at least three times. It was just, it was terrible. I've never seen more inaccurate passes since I played Madden 20 this morning. <laughs> okay. Who was your quarterback? <laughs> just any rookie quarterback. Uh, I was, no, I was playing my Jags franchise. I'm in my third season. Gardner Minshew's still my starting quarterback. <laughs> but he's like a 75 overall quarterback now. But still, his accuracies are not great. And in Madden 20, it is way off. It's like, it'll be like, oh, he has a 75 downfield accuracy. It'll be like, okay, can I throw it to that guy? No, it, and then it's like out of bounds. So you're like, what the fuck? Like, inaccuracies in the NFL aren't that bad. It's you're not like five yards in front or five yards not behind. Not if you're Case Keenum. But unless you're Case Keenum, it's like is that Trey Quinn wide open? Bat. <laughs> Bye. And then you're like, the fuck, dude? Trey Quinn's white. Give him a chance. <laughs> and I really wanted him to score because I feel like he would have he would have done the scarn from the office. He <sighs> wouldn't do that twice in a row. He should though. Trey Quinn, please, next time he scored, did the scarn. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us for this episode of Fantasy Football Intervention. I've got our plug man getting ready to plug you guys in to where we're available. Oh, you're about to get plugged. All right, everybody on Facebook. We are Fantasy Intervention on Facebook, of course. You can add us at FF underscore Intervention on Twitter. If you want to add me directly just because Chase is, like, bugging you or something, it's MrDevin757. It's the same on Instagram as well. And our Instagram is FF Intervention. And wherever you listen to your podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Store, CastBox, and again, Stitcher. Stitcher's our newest one. Stitcher's our newest one. We'll let you know if we have anything else coming out soon. And wherever you're at, like it, subscribe it, drop your comments, your reviews, anything you got to say. If you have questions, anything, just keep listening to the episodes. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you guys. We'd love to be here talking to you. We love you guys. Thank you. Yep, we appreciate you guys for listening once again. So thank you for letting us intervene with your fantasy football lives. Hey, my mom's dope. My niggas is dope. Switch up a stove. Pick up a stove. They feeling away. They know I'm the goat. Hey.
That's how you bang a podcast. You good? <coughs> you realize that I can still hear it if you cough over there. <laughs> but you started talking. It's going to keep going further away. Run away. I'm so, fine. And now, story time with Devin. Sounds of freedom. Beautiful here in Virginia Beach. Weather's been pretty nice, too. Yeah, it's been awesome. I've been able to go outside without wearing a tank top to walk down there. You know what's crazy today? Both of my kids ended up going to the nurse today at school, but not for being sick. It didn't hurt? No, my well, my daughter had an accident at PE where she peed on herself, like at PE. And then my son called me like two hours later because he got stung or bit by something on his finger at while he was out at PE during his time. But he came home with like a little bump on his finger. I was like, fuck, that's not a bite or a sting. But they both went. I was like, and the lady said, I would not have recognized that they were related if they didn't tell me the last name. That's funny shit. Yeah. By the way, I have twins. And they don't look alike. Not at all. They're called fraternal twins. <laughs> My son's like six foot tall and he's five. And she's five, but she's like four foot tall. <laughs> Those are exaggerations. On both ends? Or is she actually like four foot tall? I don't know. She's probably it's less probably than more that. accurate. No, um, she, she's like 35 pounds soaking wet and she's like 44 inches tall or something like that. And then yeah, he's, a little bit under. he's really, t- he's Very pretty happy. tall and then he's like 50 pounds. He's rock solid. He's golly, he's, he's massive. But she knocked him over the other day and he has a, he has a nice little boo-boo on his arm. <laughs> I was like, how did she knock you down? <laughs> the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I guess so. <laughs> That's how you bang a podcast.